Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. So if you've been listening, you know we did a, a series on the SEC a few weeks ago where we had almost all the head coaches on, and now we've moved on to the Pac-12. Well, we're going to go back uh, into the SEC because uh, after much time and effort trying to coordinate times, we've finally done it. Don Staley, South Carolina head coach and Team USA head coach, will be joining me here today. Don is is Don Staley. I mean, it's Don Staley. I'm not even. You know what? I, I usually do an intro for this, but it's it's Don Staley. So I'm gonna stop talking, and we're gonna get on the phone, and we're just going to talk to Don Staley. This is the jump around. And we are back on the jump around and joining me, it is my absolute pleasure to have on the, the legend, the the champ, although you're not the champ, your, your dog is the champ, uh, but Dawn Staley, head coach, South Carolina. Coach, thanks so much for, for taking some time with me this morning. Thank you, Blake, and it's about time you got one of us Gamecocks on your show again. I've been, I've been uh, listening to all the other ones. And I was wondering, like, when when are we gonna get our chance to be on your your podcast? Mm. But I'm glad it's today. I'm glad too, and because I like you, I'm just gonna let that one slide without too much rebuttal. Um, and uh, I know your wife. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, part of the reason you know it's so hard to get you on is obviously you're you're a busy woman these days. Not only. Uh, leading your college team, but leading another team. And so I know that a pressing question for people involves something you did this summer. And so I'm going to obviously start with that question. You went to a Beyonce concert in August. How was that? Beyonce came here to Columbia, South Carolina, something I would have never thought would have taken place. So I was able to Sleep in my bed, get, and actually they had all kinds of roads blocked off. And I was actually able to flash my, my deputy sheriff badge oh, to yeah. get through oh, yeah. blocked up streets and get to the stadium at a decent hour. And I saw everything. I saw from the start of the show and sadly to the end of the show, Beyonce. Jay-Z, by far, put on an incredible concert. I mean, incredible. Um, the stage in itself is incredible. The stage floated over top of my head. <laughs> and they were dancing and entertaining on a, on a movable stage. Now, I don't I don't think I've ever seen that done before. So, is that... I witnessed it with my own eyes, and it's, it's you know, they're... She's by far the best entertainer that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Was that, <laughs> this is so unfair. Was that the highlight of your summer? <laughs> uh, my summer? Yeah, that August yes, counts as summer. Yes, yes that, that was the highlight of my summer. We didn't get any early commitment. <laughs> um, we, didn't, uh, we didn't play the World Cup in the summer. Okay? Yeah. So I, we, we had no competition. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so, fair. The highlight of my summer, yes. 
Okay. Oh, right. The World Cup. That's right. You coach. You coach Team USA. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. Uh, that was. That was fun. That was a fun run to watch. How. Uh, how was it being at the helm of Team USA in a, a real life competition? I mean, it's. it's you know, I, I want to say it's easy, and that's unfair, really, to say that. But when you're dealing with. I mean, we had anywhere between 15 to 18 players in camp. And they're the ultimate professionals. They come to practice ready to go, no matter if it's a 30-minute practice or if it's a two-hour practice. They are, you're you're looking at self-motivation. Every time you step in the gym, you know, with any of the the pool of players in our U.S. national team um, pool, um, I work with some incredible people who, you know, not only challenge me to be good, but you know, it's basketball utopia when you're able to, when you're able to discuss basketball ideas and you know how you accomplish a, a goal of of winning a, a third straight something that has never been done in history, um, but you do it with continuity, which we had in our in our on our staff. And Cheryl Reeves and Jennifer Rosati. Dan Hughes was the lone outsider, but you know, you win a you win a WNBA championship. Um, we welcome that kind of expertise as well. Um, and then, you know, you're working with the best players. It's it's really who we had a relationship with and who we had chemistry with in the the real game. So, you know, you add a couple of young youngsters to the fold and. Um, it completed a, a, a mission that when you when you look at it, you know, we probably had maybe 10 complete days mm-hmm. of practice. Yeah. 10. You know, I'm not talking about the 30-minute, 40-minute, you know, where we just going over, you know, offensive plays. We're just talking about 10 days where you actually have an opportunity to practice and strategize and go over how you want to play ball screens because they all play it a lot of different ways mm-hmm. um, with their respective teams. But, I mean, it, it was awesome to, to be in the gym with Sue and Diana again to see you know, how they think, how they operate, and how they lead. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it is so different, right? Like college coaching is very – much uh the majority of your time and effort is is not x and o stuff it's all the other stuff whereas with the pros and with team usa it's like you said it's kind of easy it's different so did you was it did you find yourself more relaxed or having more fun i don't know if those are the words necessarily that fit but you know it's obviously so different i just wonder how you felt differently than you do at south carolina well, it, it was the same kind of pressure that you feel as a coach to, to be successful. Um, but it was a lot easier knowing that they want to win as much as you do. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter who plays, how much, or who scores this or who scores that. So all that extra, and, and, and um, Van Chancellor used to say, all that extra paraphernalia doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. They just want to win, hands down. So, you know, and I see how, you know, they they, they sacrifice their bodies. you got Elena Belladon coming, you know, who just got ripped into her knee maybe two weeks before. you got Sue Bird wearing a mask. 
Um, and, you know, she's dealing with the all the mileage she put on her body playing in the in the WNBA at, you know, at, I believe, she was 37 or 38. Yeah. You know, so for them to want to come out and, and be a part of it, you know, it, it's, it's an amazing, and I, I can't express to my team here in South Carolina enough of how much they sacrifice. And, and it's a shame that USA teams make it look really easy. They make it look like, they make it look like I can still play out there. I yeah. mean, that's how easy they make it. And I know <laughs> I can't get up and down at all. So I know someone that's able-bodied, who's young, who's healthy, who's you know, has a basketball hoop dream. They make them think it's easy. And it, it really, it isn't easy. Yeah, no, not at all. Well, let's, uh, let's turn back the clock for a minute to when you could still actually play at that level. I am curious, uh, you can stay internationally or you can take it however you want. I, I know that you are f- are fearless and you're tough and all that, but who is someone that you played against that not scared or worried you, but that you just knew, man, I'm going to have my hands full? I, I mean, I played against some, you know, high-quality players, but, you know, the one player that really got under my skin was Debbie Black. <laughs> Debbie, Black Debbie Black got under my skin. That's great. Because she's, she's small. She's just, she's like the energy, she was like the energizer button. She, she just kept going and going and going and going. And she could fake a foul. She could fake a push off. She could, you know, um, she couldn't score a lick, but she impacted the game. If she couldn't score, she was there to make sure that you weren't contributing to the success of your team in the matter of scoring or or managing the flow of the game. So, you know, she's she's a player that I that I that made me cringe <laughs> every time I had to go up against her. That's great. That is funny. When's when's the last time you played? Like actually went out and played? Um, I actually played um, I was, it was probably two years ago, maybe, no, three years ago. Okay. I played in the murals here at South Carolina. Really? Yes, and we lost in the championship game, and I was, I, I don't take losing well uh, whether I'm coaching or, or playing. not surprising. And they were talking smack, too. Oh, no. Oh, yes. You know, I I was heated on that one. I was heated at them, and I was heated at my team. <laughs> what happened? We fell apart. We couldn't score. Uh. And then everybody tried to, you know, take it upon themselves. And you know how you're in a scoring drought, and it's always somebody that tries to take on mm-hmm. just Taking the lid off the, the, the yeah, rim. Yeah, I'll save well, us. Well, everybody tried it. Everybody <laughs> tried it. And it wasn't happening. And we yeah. just, we ran out of time. We came back, but we ran out of time. Well, there you go, everyone. Ex- but it was, it, was cool. it was cool to be with the students. And, yeah. and, you know, needless to say, our games were 
anticipated and we drew a crowd yeah yes of course yeah well everyone so breaking news here dawn staley's toughest loss of her career happened three years ago in the intramural gym of south carolina breaking news here that's that's why you listen that's why you listen to this podcast right there um uh i wanted to discuss with you your your long time uh right hand in uh lisa boyer and um obviously i know lisa and and uh you've been You've played under her, and she's been by your side. And uh, Lisa very much is someone who operates kind of in the background. And so, uh, and now I know you two are also like sisters and, and we'll, we'll give it to each other. But for people who don't really know Boyer, and uh, I just wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to talk about her a little bit and give some insight on, on how she's been able to help you succeed at the level you have. Oh, you know. Lisa Boyer and I, and I call her Boyer, um, we're like a, we're like an old married couple. <laughs> we go at it, you know, we know each other so well, um, and we know how to push, push each other's buttons, um, but when it's all said and done, you know, she's, she's, she's one of my very best friends. Um, she's very loyal, she's um, a hard worker. You know, she's, she's a tireless worker. You know, Lisa has been doing this for a very long time, you know, and her expertise, her willingness to just keep going. I mean, she she doesn't stop. I mean, it, it's, it's nonstop. It's nonstop on the bench. It's nonstop in practice. It's nonstop in our coaches' meetings. Um, but she sees it, feels it. Um, she lets us all, she lets us all have it. And, you know, I, I know some of us were like, oh, my gosh, she's she still talking. <laughs> and, and I looked at, like, the, yes, I looked at an Asia Wilson tweet today, and she talked about her recruiting, her South Carolina recruiting from, from our staff. And she said, Nikki uh, McCray used to nag her, and, you know, she was all over the place with her. She said, Coach Boyer, ask her, I don't even know how many numbers were in here. It had to be over a trillion questions that that Boyer asked her. And then she said, Darius uh, Taylor was, was cool, was um, called her once a month. And then I was, I was the pretty cool one. So you see the balance. I mean, she's balanced. I'm not one that likes to talk a whole lot, but, you know. If you really know me, I'm not, I'm not one that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to invite you into a conversation uh, because Warriors does that for all of us in this office. <laughs> you know, when there's a dry spell or we got recruits on campus, you know, she's always constantly talking. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a great quality to have, especially when, you know, it, it supplements and complements the things that I don't, I don't do well. I don't think I'm a very good talker but hold a, a small talker and boy is the best at it yeah yeah for sure well uh speaking of your staff halloween yesterday you guys did not disappoint what uh we we, we, we go all out now. You, we, I, um, you go all out uh yeah yeah, I was impressed. Uh, it was very well done, and uh, if anyone wants to see it, just go on your go on Dawn's Twitter, and you will you will find all the content, all sorts of content. So, uh, how how long did it take you to to get ready and, and prepared in yours? Um, it 
Well, well, it was two weeks ago that we decided that we're going to do Halloween again because we did it last year, um, and we had we had a whole lot of fun with it um, last year. So this year, and, and honestly, I wasn't calculating in, in us taking a day off on Halloween, but it just so happened that we didn't have a we didn't have practice yesterday, so we were able to go and share our our Halloween costumes all across the campus and I think people really got a kick out of it but it took me it took me about an hour and a half okay okay an hour and a half to, Blake I know you you probably won't ever have this problem Farley will probably never have this problem maybe she did on, on wedding day but I don't know how females wear the lashes <laughs> I, I really don't know how they do that I, I don't. I, I had hoods on my, I had hoods on my eyelids. Like literally, if there was sun glare, I was okay. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, you pulled off. You pulled it off, though. It, 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 it you made the sacrifice to become a fantastic Diana Ross. Yes, I, I could look the part, but I sure couldn't sing the part. Yeah, well, that yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not gonna ask you to do that. I I like I would like people to I want people to finish this episode, so we won't we won't do that. Uh, okay, we'll. Uh, oh, one last thing, uh, and we'll get into your team now. Um, okay. What's What's up with your your Eagles? Have no fear. Okay. When you're when you're the champ. Okay. Yes. You we didn't know. get everybody's best last year. Because we weren't the champs yet. Oh, but this year, we're getting everybody's best. And we're feeling it a little bit, but down the home stretch, the NFC NFC East, we're all right. Yeah. We're all right. We're all right. Our fans aren't burning anything down in Philly, so we're good. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's a good, yeah, it's a good test. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um... And hey, I feel like uh, you would you would know about being the champ and getting everyone's best shot, wouldn't you? So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, your team coming in to this season, you you lose a decent player in Asia Wilson, who um, you know she did she did some nice things for you guys last year, pretty solid player, I'd say. Uh, but I think people uh, maybe uh, are overlooking all the talent you've got coming back because yeah, you lose Asia, but. Alexis Jennings is back. Ty Harris is back. Bianca Jackson's back. Uh, Quavis Moore is back. I and mean, that's just off the top of my head. And then you add in a top 20 recruiting class. Do you guys feel that kind of you're slept on this year? Do you feel like you're flying under the radar again? I feel, I don't know if you feel it, but I, from where I'm sitting, it appears that way. Um, you know, I, I think so. And rightfully so. Here's why. Because, you know, we, we, have, we have a lot of unknowns. And when you have unknowns, the people, you know, the the people that, that don't follow us and they're just, you know, they're looking at us from afar when you lose someone like Asia Wilson, you know, you you don't know how, how the team will respond. So I like the position that we're in, you know, flying under the radar, you know, somewhat, um, because it gives, it takes pressure off the people that are here to, you know, to perform. I mean, we put a lot of pressure on our players in practice. Um, so when it's time for them to go out and perform in the games, you know, they can relax a little bit. I don't think anybody's going to put 
as much pressure that, that our coaching staff puts on our players and preparing them for what they'll face. Um, so, you know, for us, we're, we're progressing. I, I mean, I like, I like our team. I like what we're bringing to the table. I like the pace that we're playing. I like on both sides of the ball. I like that there's steady growth. I like that we have depth in, in the guard position. Um, we, we do have depth in the post position, but it's inexperienced depth that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. untapped. I, I, I will say this, you know, Kiki Harrigan um, is playing, you know, great basketball for us. And I, I, I tell her almost every day, you wasted two years of your career. <laughs> this, is how, this is how we envision you playing. Man, keep it real, coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, she's highly skilled. Highly skilled. I mean, she can shoot the ball. She can get to the rim. You know, she can she can pass the ball. You know, the defense is coming along. But when she's bringing all those other qualities, and we don't have to teach that offensively, we can really concentrate on how, how we get her better defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about some of that depth at the guard position, and, and I mentioned – uh, Ty Harris and Quavis Moore, but you've got Cooper who's eligible. You've got uh, a couple freshmen, Destiny Henderson, one of the highest ranked players in the country. Um, can you talk us through some of those guards and, and how they have looked? Um, we'll start with Taya. You know, Taya is in, I would say, physically, she's in mid-season form. Hmm. But, you know, there's a, still a lot of rust on her. Sure. Game day rust. Um, last year, she sat out, and sitting out, although you're practicing with the team, you're not mentally um, practicing for a game, and that's that's a lot different. You know, now that she's actually practicing the, the playing some games, um, and I'm just being a stickler for some of the detailed things that she needs to pay attention to, you know, it's hard for her, and I, and I want it to be hard for her because it's not going to be easy. She's been without competition for two years. We have to knock that rust off. We got to knock it off in practice. Um, and I think we're – I think we are. I think she feels more and more comfortable. She watches film with me each and every week, sometimes twice a week. So we're speeding up her process of getting game ready. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I like what she brings to the table on both sides of the ball. Um, Destiny Henderson, you know, she's, she's one of the top uh, recruits in the country. There's, there's nobody quicker on our team than Destiny Henderson from end to end. Um, so transition-wise, I think she's she'll be fine. I mean, there's some things that she has to slow down and, and, and get. Um, but I think her, her biggest learning curve is going to be how well she's able to manage in the half court, what plays to call, and what to set people up. She's, she's an unselfish player. She's a great team player. Um, you know, but we got to get her up to speed with how you how you manage a game in the SEC. Let alone, you know, we got I mean, we got Baylor, UConn, Maryland. I mean, we got we got those we got all those people on yeah. the schedule. So Oregon even State. We get to the SEC, you know, she's got to learn how to play it quickly. 
but we have Ty Harris, and we we got you know uh, Taya Cooper who can you know alleviate some of that pressure of her having to perform you know every night that she steps on the floor. But we got to leave room for a little growth for her. But yeah. she can she can fly. She's dynamic. She's gonna be incredibly dynamic once she gets the the, the pace of it the handle of how you how you do things out there on the court and that's that's not easy especially from the the league guard position yeah absolutely <laughs> um you've got an exhibition tomorrow but then your season opener you're going to alabama state uh, i know you have some alabama kids on your team but uh i think a fair question is why is south carolina going and playing at alabama state well, some people may or may not know, Beyonce Jackson, her mother and her father are the women and men, men's coaches at Alabama State. Yep. So we actually got into a, a two-for-one um, contract with them where they come to us for two years and we go to them for one year. Um, this is the year that we go to them. We actually open with them. Last year, so Bianca and her mom could share that first college game moment. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, so that's why we're going there. Um, I think it's a, a win-win situation for us. We try to take our, our kids back to their hometown. Um, this is kind of unique in that it's her hometown, but it's also, you know, her, her family's there. A lot of her family members are there. and It's kind of unique, you know, to be on the court with an, an opposing um, team, uh, team's uh, parent yeah. as being the coach. So it's kind of cool. I hope, uh, I think ESPN might pick up some, um, you know, maybe not the feed. They're going to mic up the two of them, and hopefully we get some good some good content yeah. from, from both of them and what they're seeing and saying out there on the floor. That's Yeah, that's good stuff. And I, I asked that question to lead to this question. It, it seems that you are very aware of the little important things that matter in the sport. So, for instance, doing that, which is pretty cool. Uh, obviously, the story um, of um, the piece of the net and, and Carolyn Peck and all that has, you know, that was kind of a thing that was, was popular. But you just seem to kind of have your, your hand in, in all, uh, like a lot of things that, that are matter that a lot of people wouldn't think about. Is it, I'm trying to think how to best ask this question. You seem pretty aware that your position and who you are and what you are carries a lot of weight. Do you feel yourself actively trying to do things like that and, and try to making, you know, try to make a difference in, in those little things? Is that something that actively happens or is it just kind of come naturally? I don't know if I'm asking a good question. I hope I'm making some yeah. sort of sense. I mean, you are. Here's, here's the example that I had when I was a young coach at Temple University. We used to ask almost every Power Five team to play us. Only two coaches played us. Rutgers and Vivian Stringer and Tennessee and Pat Summit. And, you know, Rutgers, Rutgers did it because it was, you know, we, I have a good relationship with Coach Stringer, and it's basically a local game. Yeah. 
just go up the turnpike. Tennessee, on the other hand, they had everything to lose. Everything to lose. We had everything to gain mm-hmm. to, to play in them. Um, so, you know, she she didn't hesitate. She didn't say, wait in one year, wait this year, wait next year. She said, yes, you know, why not? Let's grow the game. And I've always, I've always had a, a an incredible appreciation for what Pat Summit has been to women's basketball. Um, she did everything that was good for the game, not selfishly looking out for Tennessee, not selfishly looking out for herself. If she could grow the game at her expense, she did it. She didn't. And a, and a lot of coaches don't really look out for the greater good of the game when they're in a position to do that. And I don't know if I'm in a position to do it, but I surely want to grow our game. And I want to grow it wherever I can, wherever I can. If it's, you know, doing something as simple as playing <coughs> Alabama State two-for-one and, and our kid is on the team, that's, that's a no-brainer, you know, but, you know, if I wanted to, you know, if I wanted to share with everybody how we grew our fan base, that's a small thing. That's that's growing the game. And I, if anybody asks, you know, I'll tell them exactly how we did it. Um, and you, you do it in-house. You, you have to start within your office. You can't expect, you know, the marketing department, do it because a lot of times they're they're not from they're not marketing women's basketball. They got you know women's basketball is probably third, fourth, fifth tier when it comes to marketing. Whereas you know football has probably got the first three slots. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. yeah. Then it's men's basketball. So and if your volleyball, you know, soccer teams are good, then you're getting kicked behind them. So you got to start at home in your office and you know you have to do it you know put one foot in front of the other you got to pound the pavements and talk to anybody that you need to talk to about about women's basketball you got to start a basketball club and you got to give up yourself people want to be a part of something we started the jihad i know i'm, I'm a beyonce fan and beyonce's got the jihad <laughs> so we started the jihad and <clears throat> we probably got i don't know Four or five hundred members in the jihad, and we got a jihad event coming up tomorrow before before our game. They're going to come to shoot around. They're going to come to pregame. I'm going to talk to them. They get a you know they get a tour around our facilities. That's a that's a small thing. That's a small thing, but it's huge when it's somebody that really enjoys that lives your that lives your program. They live. You know, this is a lifestyle for some people that support our program. So to give them that little bit, and it doesn't take much to move. It, it's not. It's not. It's, we did. We only have like I think eighty slots or something like that. We couldn't do five hundred, but it it made more people sign up for for that jihad experience. So mm. it is. Anytime you can grow the game, let's grow the game because you know it wasn't like this. You know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago when I played. Yeah. Uh, Well, last, I'll I'll get you out of here on this question. And you, that was a perfect segue into it. When you go back to your playing days and 
you're contemplating the temple job and, and you take it in your wildest dreams. If I tell you, hey, in 15, 20, 30 years, you're going to have won a national championship. You're going to have coach Team USA to gold medals. Did that ever, did you ever envision that when you were first thinking about dipping your toe in the coaching world? You know, I, I never, I never thought about it. Um, what I thought about is the impact that I, I could have on young people because I looked at my college career and saw, you know, how Debbie Ryan impacted me during those four years and had continued to impact me afterwards. So my main, my main um, objectives in going to getting into coaching was I, I wanted to to make an impact in young people's lives. And it, that impact turned into being a dream merchant for them. And then from there, you know, you aspire. And I'm a competitor. Now, I mean, I'm never going to stop being a competitor. So once you get in, you want it all. You want it all. You want the national championship. Well, you want conference championships. You want to get to the NCAA tournament. You want to get to the final four. You want to win a national championship, and then when you when you're doing all of this, what's the next big thing? Hey, it's it's World Cup, it's Olympic Games. So let me be a part of a staff, and gain some experience and some knowledge in doing this. And then it's the Olympics. I mean, I grew up with USA basketball um, on my plate for more than half of my life. So. It's, it's quite natural to have those aspirations once I I got on the other side of the whistle. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I thank basketball for just being the gift that keeps on giving to me. And in return, I mean, it's, it's given me a, a, a lot of success in my life. Um, I mean, that success doesn't define me, but it feels really good when you're You've given all that you can to a profession, and it it gives it it gives so much more to you back. Yeah, well, I'd say it's worked out pretty good for you. you you've had a you've had a decent little run. So, um, congratulations Thanks. to you. And uh, again, South Carolina opens November 11th at Alabama State, and then November 15th will be the home opener. And I know that the the G Hive and all of Columbia will be there as they seem to be at every game. And I really appreciate you stop. Duck, thank you for stop ducking me and actually coming on my podcast. <laughs> it's about time. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, 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 thank you, Blake, and I appreciate all you do to spread the love of, of women's basketball. Um, each tweet at a time, you, you fight, you fight the good fight, and we really appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. You and me, you and me both. We'll we'll keep we'll keep hitting them as long as they let us. All right. All right, Coach. We'll all talk right, to you Blake, soon. Thanks. Okay. Well, thanks again to Don Staley of South Carolina and Team USA for joining me. That was fun, and I, I appreciate her. South Carolina team is going to be really good. Picked second preseason. Uh, not that preseason polls mean that much, but a team that will certainly be contending for a Final Four run yet again. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. If you listen to iTunes, if you could leave a rating or review, that'd be appreciated. Uh, I've noticed that some of you have been doing that lately, and I really do appreciate that a lot. You can find me on Twitter, at Blake Dudonis, with your thoughts and comments and et cetera. And, yeah, 
another episode of The Jump Around will be on your listening device tomorrow. So stay tuned and looking for that. And until then, this is The Jump Around.